What's up, everybody? This is Rowdy here from the Inclusive Activism Podcast, and it's been a while since I've sat down and recorded a solo one. I'm sure you're like, what do you mean a solo one? We haven't heard a lot of like other podcasts with other people. Let's just say that inclusive activism will be going, undergoing an emerging evolution in the very, very near future, which I'm excited to see and hear and do. So I'm excited about some of those things. But today, I didn't do one of those like little clever teasers today. Um, but today, I got something that I picked up when I was at Anytown Camp. And so um, I'll give you kind of the background of the idea, and then I'll tell you about the idea, and then I'll tell you about how we can use the idea, all right? So first off, like the, the thing I'm going to be talking about is impatience versus urgency when we're doing the work of facilitation to help people understand some of these issues related to social justice. And then I want to talk about urgency and how we have to use urgency instead of impatience to kind of make a difference. So with that, we were in camp, and I'm not going to be listing anybody's names or anything, because what it said at camp stays at camp, but I can more macro tell you about the problems that we were encountering. So as we were teaching people stuff in camp, some stuff came up and we were talking about issues that people had very emotional reactions to, right? And this makes sense, because like, you know, when you think about like white privilege, boy, you know, there's some emotional reactions connected with that. Or you think about like men's connection to patriarchy and reproducing patriarchy, of course, right? We're gonna have emotional reactions to those things, right? It's, it's hard to do some of this work and be really, truly non-emotional, right? And so while this was going on, I, we were talking about some of these things. We were trying to come to understand some of this stuff. And in doing so, I felt like some of the times when we were talking to the folks at camp, I felt like we were a little condescending. We were saying stuff like that felt a little angry. And again, I mean, I'm not trying to critique my camp mates as much as talk about like a problem that I see in the world, right? Because when you're doing the work, it's hard because I think inherently you have to be very, very patient and other focused when you're gonna try to take someone from, I don't understand systemicism. I don't understand systemic sexism, racism, classism, whatever, and I don't understand privilege, and I don't understand intersectionality, and I don't understand all this stuff, right? And I've been told this is like a woke space and that people are super woke at this place, right? So you're expecting perfection and that everybody's going to have to reproduce this idea of perfection. Again, I feel like coming in, this is already a really, really complicated topic and issue. So just to talk about like some of the issues that we're coming into the door with, those are some of the things I think that we're working through and trying to find a way to figure out. So with that, um, I'm noticing this thing and I'm feeling like there's kind of like this impatience, right? And so I mentioned, I'm like, hey, I feel like we're kind of like impatient with folks. We're really getting like mad at people. And then like some of the creaks that I heard back we're like, well, are you saying we don't get to have feelings? And I was like, no, like, I don't think I'm saying you don't get to have feelings, right? I do think you get to have feelings doing this work. I do think your, your response has to have a measured sense of feelings embedded in it. I think that you have to be really careful about how you say things and how you frame stuff. Because I think when you're trying to be a facilitator, 
you really want to concentrate on being listenable. Can people hear your message? Can they understand your message? Will they empathize with your message? This is my school of thought, right? And so in critique of that, uh, someone, it was brought up that maybe I'm policing tone. And I was like, geez, I probably am policing tone. I think like for sure, like when you think about what I'm doing, I'm like inherently, yeah, it's for sure policing tone. But it was brought up, am I policing tone because I'm a man and like women are being mad because like women's tones police a lot more often than men. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know. I haven't thought about that either. Like, let me really like consider that. And it was nice because though the conversation in the moment wasn't incredibly appreciated, I think the conversation over the course of the time we were together was appreciated. So we were able to get back together and discuss things a little bit more. And uh, after side conversations with a few other people that came up to me, side conversations from other people that other people had with other people, I think we came to a lot better space. And I realized that in trying to police tone, potentially, I was also trying to, like I was saying, well, what I wish I would have said first, really owning my junk, is that I feel like we're really impatient with these high school kids that just got off the bus. And that I think it's hard to be impatient with high school kids that just got off the bus one or two days into what's going on. Because we were able to talk about some of the stereotypes and how they were reproducing some of the stereotypes. But there was some like anger and edge in how we addressed that issue. And I think when there's anger and edge to things and like we're impatient that people are making mistakes or choosing to replicate mistakes, then there's some blaming and there always has to be a understanding of power dynamics. Who's saying what, who's in power when they say what, who's hearing what, who's in power when they're hearing what. Are we trying to do it in a non-hierarchical way when we're talking about these power and problems? So again, it's complicated as all get out when we're really looking at impatience. But I feel like if we're going to facilitate and help people come to their own understandings, I don't know that we get to be impatient per se. But I do think we can be incredibly urgent. So urgent is different in my head than impatient. And I realize this might be an only in Rowdy's head thing. But I feel like, again, this is something that's worth talking about. Maybe something that could take us to a sense of better. So again, for me and how I'm trying to frame this so we can create an understanding, I'm not saying I am in charge of the universal definition of these things, but I feel like in the work, we can't necessarily afford to be impatient with people, right? I think we do need to be patient with the people. However, I do think we can be urgent and have a real sense of urgency about the problems, about the macro issues, about the the racism that's affecting the kids or the sexism that's affecting the kids or uh, or anything right we're, that we're but it's being idea focused so i think we can be really urgent and we should be much more urgent in how we talk about the things and we talk about the problems and not the problems and how they exist within the people because um, really i mean i'm racist every day i am sexist every day i am definitely classist and i'm going to have a lot more problems with classism in the near future so when we when we think about that from a really self-critical role we have to understand that we're going to be making a lot of mistakes tons of mistakes mistakes over and over again and that we need patience with our mistakes not in not patience with holding our view and never evolving right that's different i'm talking about patience in helping me understand 
how I'm reproducing some of the problems, and how I can slowly undo the reproduction of the problems and issues at hand. Now, what we probably want to do is probably be a lot more urgent against, against the issues. So the urgency should be seen and felt where we're trying to fight against the issues, right? So I think we should be super urgent in how we're trying to address food scarcity, which you all know I hate. I'm talking about people being hungry and dying of hunger or people being homeless and dying of exposure. We're in Phoenix, right? People are probably dying of dehydration or from heat exhaustion here every night, especially when we're starting to look at temperatures above 110 during the day. There's been a couple people in Phoenix that have died because APS turned off the power and they died in their houses because they didn't have their AC running and they were older, right? Those are things that we need urgent action against. Urgent action against issues related to homelessness or classism where people are dying in their homes, right? We need to put our urgent effort into making that situation different as soon as humanly possible because that requires that thing. Now, say a high school kid says, well, isn't it that their fault because they didn't pay the bill? That's one of those things that I'm going to be honest, it is probably really hard to be patient in the face of something like that. It's really hard to be patient hearing that this person should die because they're lazy and didn't choose to change, right? But if we're urgent against the issue, right? We don't attack the kid for holding the view. We understand they were probably taught that view by somebody. They're re reproducing with that view that they were taught by somebody and understanding where that stuff came from. Now we can be urgent against the issue and we can say, you know, do you think APS needs its profits enough that that person needed to die that day, right? Do you, how do you feel about paying your bill on time? But what if something happened to you and they had to turn your power off in the summertime, right? Um, or maybe we can go down to APS and be like, wow, this is really bad because social pressure did make APS change their practice and now they're not shutting off power in summertime which they can easily afford to do. Because if they can afford to take in dark money against solar power, then I'm pretty sure they can afford to like leave an old lady's power on till, till like October when life's a little bit more manageable. See, we need to take that urgency that we feel when we feel that sense of impatience when someone says something and channel that urgency against the issues and the forces that are making this problem happen. Because when we get impatient with the kid and we kind of melt down on the kid because we're so upset about stuff and when we truth bomb the kid like the kid just thinks you think they're a jerk they think you're a butthole they can they can afford to tune you out really easily because you're not being especially nice or kind you know you're not you're not seeming to be someone that's trying to help them to find a sense of better you're not helping them like evolve or grow in any way right so understanding this is really, really important because I think if we're going to do the work and do the work well, we need to understand the difference between impatience, being impatient with people, being mad at people when they make a mistake. I think people need patience. I think issues require urgency. And we want to funnel that sense of urgency into action, right? When it's 110, it's urgent we get water to people that need it immediately. When people are being shot by police, it's urgent we show up 
and we stand up against systemic police brutality, right? I think that is incredibly important because all these things aren't one-off issues. They're systems issues with a lot of interlocking things that make these patterns and things reproduce themselves over and over and over again. And until we understand that these are systemic issues, not individual actions, we're going to get impatient and mad with each other. When we get impatient and mad with each other, we're going to choose to tune each other out because you feel like you're being holier than thou when you judge me. You feel like you never make mistakes and that you only think I'm a jerk or a butthole. And when I do those things, I get to tune you out. I get to choose to not listen to you and make my bad feelings I associate with you the problem rather than the problem be a systemic issue that exists in the world. So you see the difference? We need that sense of urgency against the issues that exist within the system. We need to attack that stuff head on. We need to be take all our anger and urgency and pressure and all those things and we need to point it at that and we need to direct our force in that direction and we need to like really take that stuff head on. But when a kid says something or when somebody that wants to learn more is open and amenable to changing potentially, uh, has those thoughts and actions, I think then we can slow down a second. We can be like, hey, why do you think that? Why do you feel that way? Remember, rationalize means that people make their rash, they ration out the thought of their lies. They're using ration to ration out their lies. They're rationale for that lie, right? We need to understand their thinking behind that thing. We need to think about what are the excuses that allow them to see and think in this way. We need to understand that thought so we can attack that thought in the world and make a difference with that stuff in the world. So remember, uh, today what we talked about is we talked about the difference between impatience and urgency. We talked about what impatience looks like and how impatience might work interpersonally when we're talking about issues of social justice. We talked about the idea of urgency and how I'm framing urgency to be more urgent against the problems that we see that exist in the world and that we can be as urgent or like impatient with issues as much as possible. Because when we're focusing on the systemic issues, the big ideas that exist the world we don't have to be patient with those ideas they're just ideas we can be very active very aggressive against those things because we want to fight those and undo those thoughts and ideas that are so icky and gross and problematic um, but we don't want to do the same thing or make the same feelings happen within individuals right so we talked about how we need to know the difference between impatience and urgency with individuals what does that scene what does that feel like what does that look like how do we do the difference between those things so again when we talk about those things we don't talk to the people that are displaying the things we talk about the thing that's that's the issue right so we don't talk about white people we talk about whiteness or we talk about white supremacy we don't talk about you as a middle class person we talk about classism and what happens between the classes and what's okay to happen to one class and what's not okay to happen to another we don't talk about how men suck we talk about how the patriarchy favors maleness and people acting in a male way and reproducing patriarchal notions and we can be super mad at that stuff but we don't necessarily need to get mad at billy the the guy who's reproducing the stuff that nobody ever taught him about these things because that's how the problem persists so remember when people say bread not bombs consider are you giving someone a bread of truth that they will eat 
taste slowly digest and then slowly make into part of themselves? Or are you truth bombing them? Are you bombing their notions of their ideas? Are you bombing their notion of their identity and how they exist in the world? Are you bombing their sense of like self-worth and who they are and how they show up in things? Again, bread not bombs make sense all the time. Are you giving truth bread or are you dropping truth bombs? Because I haven't seen anybody had a truth bomb dropped on their head and then immediately repented of their ways and started changing who they are and showing up in the world differently because they had that truth bomb thing happen to them. I think that truth bread notion is something that we need to do for all of one another. And I'm not talking about savior stuff. I need truth bread too. And I feel like, you know, people say I'm pretty woke, but I still make a lot of mistakes for someone that's allegedly pretty woke. And a truth bomb is not going to help me as much as truth bread is, especially given to me by someone that loves and cares about me or something that's given to me by someone that wants to see me be a better person tomorrow, right? It makes me think of this thing that I said to somebody over camp because they were really uncomfortable with their sense of masculinity. And I said, you know, I don't know that you can ever be man enough in this world. I don't think you can be masculine enough. I don't think you can be man enough. I don't think you'll ever be man enough. But if you focus instead on being human, to be human inherently is to be imperfect. To be human is to embrace the fact that you're gonna make mistakes. To be human is to have moments of amazing breakthrough and also have moments of amazing downfall and humility. If you're trying to be a human first, you'll probably nail it. If you're trying to be the perfect man, you're probably screwed because there's no way to do that and we've made a culture of ripping down men in those ways so be human first treat people as human first treat ideas as problematic and not people as problematic those are just symptoms that are manifesting within the person of the ideas that we need to attack and fight and do something about so remember where the fight is to be fought and remember where the symptoms are being shown and understand six people sick people show symptoms right we don't yell at someone because they got the flu, but we attack the flu virus with our utmost effort, determination, and sense of urgency, because that is our problem, not the sick person. So with that, catching up on what I have been up to the last couple of days. So the biggest thing that I have been doing recently has been Anytown. I was at Anytown the week of the 22nd through the 29th so six days of any town really interesting stuff we're able to talk about some issues that really like had some great gravity we i felt like the kids really seemed to understand what we were talking about they had their first reunion at a protest against ice where they were dropping off migrant families to get the ankle bracelets and that was the first thing that like any town did after the camp. So 50 people went to that camp, well, 80 people total, and 33 on Tuesday morning at nine o'clock showed up at ICE to protest the inhumanity of man as the first like a kind of official, unofficial any town gathering. So in short, that felt really, really good. With me, I wasn't able to really do any self-care at any town other than being deeply involved in service. I sat down and did the math on any town. It's about 137 hours of service with training as well as full camp. So no, that is a lot of service. And so I'm really glad I did it because I think I really was able to make a really significant difference. And as far as self-care, I'm getting back on the self-care train. 
this week I did leg day and I got some good cardio done that day and I also was able to get chest and shoulders in got some cardio in that day Wednesday got to get a good workout in early uh, I think I did arms that day and then like focus more on cardio got to have a good lunch with my president I didn't do anything on July 4th just spent some time around uh, family and people that I love that day today I got back day in, got cardio in so I'm getting there however I do really need to get Mac into my meditation I've been letting that sleep slip more recently I'm not happy with that uh, I need to get back into my guided Christian meditation prayer and so I need to get back into some of those things and I think I'm going to have the opportunity to do that next week because next week is really open and I'm really happy that next week is really open because I'm going to really be able to dig into me and get me back on track in a way that I'm happy to see. So I'm looking forward to that. But that being said, got my vitamins in, doing all that stuff. Still doing plenty of work with Tank, trying to be in a good balanced space and I'm appreciating that stuff. And behind the scenes, again, Inclusive activism is going to be undergoing an emerging evolution that you will be hearing about in the very near future. And so I'm doing a lot of work behind the scenes trying to get that stuff together and done. And then I'll be rolling that out probably around August, I'm hoping, when we can really release all that stuff and kind of get that stuff going. Because uh, I'm excited to get that stuff out there. So when emerging evolution happens, you're probably going to see a big podcast dump of stuff because... We are going to be launching that stuff at the same time with the partner that I'm working with. So stay tuned with that stuff. So if this podcast made you think of something, um, if I offended you somehow and we need to talk about those things because somehow I might have trespassed against you or hurt your feelings, uh, let me know. If you felt like you learned something and that was really helpful, that's also good to hear. So let me know. You can get a hold of me at 860-576-9393. Again, that number is 860-576-9393. You can also email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. That's I-N-C-L-I-V-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M at cox.net. Uh, remember, you can email me. You can shoot a text to the voicemail line. I'll get those things. Uh, I'd love to make this a dynamic conversation with you where I get to know you, where we can understand each other and see where we're coming from. And we can uh, make this a really dynamic space to have a back and forth conversation. Because right now, I am still a dude talking to himself in his office and tank still looks at me like i'm a little bit bananas and i would love to hear from y'all and so know your voice is something that i'd love to add to mine and so please reach out uh, be part of things and stay connected and with that if you're curious about me and what's going on with this organization you can always find out more information at inclusiveactivism.com and i'd love to hear from you and with that uh, i hope you're well peace and blessings to you and i can't wait to hear from you in a couple weeks take care and we'll see you then